invite you to open your Bibles to Second Peter and the first chapter. <clears throat> I want to read the first 11 verses here. The message this morning is not an exposition of this passage, but we will, uh, we will refer to it uh, in the message. It's one of these really, well, the, the, the Bible is, is a wonderful book, and, and uh, unfamiliar places can speak to us sometimes in rich ways uh, when we read through them. And then there are those familiar places that we go back to and that are just, uh, that always bless us when we, when we uh, read through them. And this is, this is one of those passages and it's, uh, and they bless us uh, not because, at least on my part, not because I understand everything that, that it says, but uh, there certainly is a, a wealth of, of uh, promise and encouragement and instruction here in these in these few verses. We'll read the first eleven verses of Second Peter one. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. And of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful, in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind, and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Several times in here, there's a phrase that, that, uh, that jumps out. Through the knowledge of God, or through the knowledge of uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue, in verse 3. And in verse 8. Uh, that ye shall be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the knowledge of the Lord Jesus is, is a critical thing uh, for a Christian. <clears throat> and the knowledge that it's talking about here is, uh, is, is more than knowing. It's, it's, uh, it has to do with a relationship with God. 
It has to do with a, a full knowledge, an accurate knowledge, and a personal knowledge with, with God and with our Savior Jesus Christ. Now, there, there are people, there are many people, uh, they're driving by here today while we're having church, uh, some of them, that don't know God. They don't believe in God. They're in the category of the fools that have said in their hearts, there is no God. There are some of those. And then there are many people that know about God. They know of God. They know a little about him. Remember in the uh, history of Israel, there's an interesting little story in 2 Kings 17, how the lions were attacking the people that the king of Assyria had sent back into uh into Israel, into the conquered territory there, into Samaria. And uh, lions were attacking them there. And the king thought, well, they, they don't know the God of the land, which was true. They didn't. And uh, so he put some priests there and they, they learned uh, a few things, but they didn't really obey God. And their lives were basically unaffected. They worship, just kept on worshiping their other gods. They just tacked on this, Hebrew God, along with their on, on their uh, prayer list, pray, pray to list, along with their others, and there's certainly no life in that kind of uh, knowledge of God. Now the Jews they knew a lot about God, a great deal more about God, and in Romans it tells us that, you know, uh, though they they didn't have a personal relationship with God. They had a great advantage by, by the body of truth that they had about God. Uh, Paul really uh, lamented for them in Romans, a couple of places. Uh, Romans 9, it begins there. I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart for his people. And he goes on describing that, that grief. It was a great one. And then in uh, chapter 10, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer for God to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. They, they knew a lot about God. They had a lot of information about God. But uh, they, they, uh, it was not according to knowledge. They didn't know God the way Peter was writing about knowing God. Their knowledge of God was uh, not completely accurate and it wasn't completely full because it was pointing toward Jesus. The things that they knew and studied from the prophets were truths that pointed toward Jesus, but they weren't accepting of him, they were very zealous about religion, about their the the truth that they had. So God really did love them, does love them, and they had been given so much and had been offered so much, and but they stopped short. They didn't accept what uh, what their knowledge, uh, sketchy as it. As, as in, with its incompleteness even, uh, they didn't accept what it pointed toward, who it pointed toward. And, and that can happen today that 
and we know that well and maybe have uh, thought about that for ourselves and our families, you know, we can grow up and know a lot about God. And that is to, a, to our advantage in a, in a real way to know the Bible stories, to know, you know, even from those children's Bible stories, attributes about God. And we learn about the Bible and doctrines and we can find references and we've memorized verses and we know the commandments and so on. But uh, we can be in that, you know, framework of knowledge and not have really, truly met God and still be like the Jews were, selfish people and not really surrendered to the Lord. And but Jews and Gentiles both. Uh, can learn about God and not know him personally. But God desires for us to know him personally. There, there's a verse in, uh, in Hosea uh, 6 that we're familiar with, that one that talks about uh, <clears throat> mercy and sacrifice. Hosea 6 and verse 6. God speaking, for I desired mercy and not sacrifice and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. Uh, some some translations uh, translate the mercy, the word there for mercy uh, as love or steadfast love. But in, in either case, it has to do with the righteousness of of people, the relationship that people have with people and how they treat others but uh, in parallel then he desires uh, the knowledge of God uh, more than burnt offering and and the uh, which is a form and if it's uh, if it's if it's an empty form then it's an empty heart and it's it's uh, an empty exercise but for those who know God, the Amplified says, knowledge and acquaintance of God. A, a familiarity, a relationship with God. And then the burnt offerings meant something. Abraham was a friend of God's because when he offered offerings, he knew God. And Moses, when it talks about him being a friend of God, when he offered offerings, it meant something. He was worshiping. He knew God. He was worshiping uh, a God that he knew. And we have the added blessing of all of the Bible, the New Testament included, and, uh, and the Spirit of God within us in a way that, that the Old Testament uh, saints did, did not have. And I hope that every one of us here this morning really do desire to know God the way God desires us to. <clears throat> uh, Jesus said in John 17, this is eternal life that they might know him. That's where life comes. Spiritual life, eternal life comes through the knowledge of God through knowing him in a personal way. Uh, someone uh, expressed a concern 
about a book that was stressing the importance of a relationship with God beyond just knowing the doctrines. And uh, he said that what he was concerned about uh, was this, that there is a movement among uh, modern Christianity where relationships with God, a relationship with God is stressed to the point that uh, the doctrines and the commandments and the things that of, of the requirements of holiness are are minimized or watered down or dismissed. Even the important thing is that we have a relationship with God, and well, that certainly would be something to be concerned about. You know, the complete opposite of what was happening uh, to the Jews where the doctrine and the form was the important thing and not knowing God or knowing God wasn't, uh, wasn't uh, part, of, part of what was happening to them. But uh, I believe that a, a, a real, a genuine relationship with God is related to all the things that God says all the things that God asks and would uh, desire for us as well as uh, he desires a relationship with holy people, with people who truly know him, people who uh, have surrendered their lives to him, who love and obey him, who trust him. Um, Those are the people that have a real relationship with him. They're not just uh, emotional about... uh, about God and God is uh, a great buddy type of person uh, in in heaven who helps me out when I have emergencies. But rather, it's real. It's it's genuine. We acknowledge Him, uh, who He is, and we experience. He wants us to experience intimate communion with Him as a son with a father. He refers to that relationship. And, and, and a relationship in which we experience the provisions of his grace that we read about there in Second in Peter. His forgiveness, his cleansing, his sanctification, and his power for victory and fruitfulness, the love, joy, peace, uh, fruit of the Spirit. And in which... In which uh, there is an ongoing and deepening uh, of that relationship. And this, uh, this relationship, this relationship of knowing God, really knowing God, begins by faith. It begins by faith, believing in Him. And... <clears throat> We have in Romans uh, 10 and verses 9 and 10, these words that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. A confession that the Lord Jesus is the Christ. And and more than that, that he is my Christ. And he is my Redeemer. 
and he is my Lord. There is a, when, when we come to that place and as we acknowledge it from day to day, there is a great, yes, I understand. I understand. I know he is the Christ. That happened to people in the New Testament and all through the ages who came to Jesus. Uh, he is a treasure, the pearl of great price. We treasure him when we come to him and we treasure him as we walk with him and as we live with him. Or the treasure in the field. Jesus described it that way. And the Ethiopian eunuch, when he was reading the scriptures and they were dark and fuzzy to him, he couldn't follow. And slowly, you know, he could see uh, something there that he wanted to understand more about. And the Lord, bless the Lord, provided Philip to, to help him out. And uh, Philip explained. And this truth began to dawn in this eunuch's heart. And he said, uh, I, I would like to be baptized. I want to identify with this, this man, this Savior, this Redeemer that Isaiah is telling about here. And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart. And the eunuch said, I do. I do. <clears throat> there are numerous such Confessions of faith. <clears throat> Knowing God begins with, with faith. And God is faithful uh, to his promises <clears throat> to, to care for us and to supply our needs, our spiritual needs. There is the power we read about there in verse 3 of 2 Peter 2, according as his divine power hath given unto us everything that is necessary for spiritual life and for a godly life through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. And there are the great and precious promises, the things that, that he says that he will do for us, his protection from the evil one, is that he will work in our hearts and nurture spiritual life and spiritual fruit, and that, uh, that we can be his children, and that we can be partakers of the divine nature, that his spirit that he promised will live in our hearts that we can be delivered from the corruption that is in the world. And we can. <clears throat> Knowing God begins with faith. And then I believe that faith in him grows and our knowledge and our relationship with him grows as we step out in that faith, as we live in that faith as we choose peace as we choose holiness as we trust in difficulties and we surrender our will to his no steps no steps 
That would be a pretty small faith. But even baby steps, God blesses in faith. God blesses even baby steps in faith. And we, we all start as babies. And maybe on some days we're, all of us have some days where we're babies. But we need faith. And God promises to reveal himself that we can come to know him in a, in a deeper way to nurture that life in our hearts and to develop that, that fruit. I'm so encouraged by the beatitude where Jesus said, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Uh, do you think that that promise happens apart from a relationship with him? I don't think so. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. It starts with faith. And then I notice in the fifth verse, another piece to this, um, where he says, and this is in 2 Peter 1, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. Giving all diligence. And what that's describing there is effort on our part, uh, zeal on our part, and uh, that there's something required on our part as well. That it's not just a... a uh, we believe and then God takes over. But rather there is a diligence required on our part. And it's not saying that we then, uh, giving diligence uh, somehow through some formula, through some handbook that God gives us when we believe in him, that we somehow add to our faith, which is the, the starting point that we add virtue and knowledge and temperance and patience and godliness and brotherly kindness and all these things, charity. Uh, but rather that we give diligence to do our part. And we, it's not that those steps or those things that they then uh, suddenly save us, that it begins with faith and then we finish our salvation by our works. But rather God, he sees that faith and he sees those steps that follow. He sees the effort on our part and he blesses it. When, uh, when Paul wrote, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable service. He is saying there that we are seriously uh, renouncing the world and we're turning all our loyalty and affection to him. 
when we surrender, when we place ourselves on the altar. We renounce Satan, the world, and our will, and we surrender to God. We're at God's disposal, uh, at his call, at his command. We're no longer servants to sin, but slaves to righteousness, as Paul writes in Romans uh, chapter 6. So I obey him. I serve him. I am careful. I am diligent. I spend time reading the Bible. And I've appreciated the testimonies of different ones uh, publicly and, and personal as well to uh, more time, uh, commitment to more time in Bible reading and prayer. And God blesses that. And that takes some effort and diligence to, uh, to keep up with that, to have those priorities what they ought to be. And uh, God blesses that. The old life, we, we consider it dead. We are committed to Christ and the new life. Planted in Christ is the way it says it some places. Placed into Christ. We're, it's a relationship with, with Him. And uh, the things that we do then are from the heart. We are obedient. We obey Him from the heart. Because we do uh, love Him. And, you know, you can study obedience in the New Testament especially and love and obedience. If you love me, obey me. Jesus said that numerous times. And it's a sign of our love. The kind of, of uh, uh, obedience that we have. It's from the heart. It's, it's genuine. And so that affects our time. It affects our attention. It affects our pursuits. pursuits our priorities. And then we abide in him. We don't just start. We don't just uh, uh, start with faith and then God goes, takes it from there. God is with us from there. But we need to abide in him. <coughs> in uh, John 15, just a few verses there, uh, beginning at verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. 
the abide there is to stay, to stay in a place, to remain, to dwell like at home, a dwelling. And, you know, uh, we, we begin in faith. There's a new relationship there. But just as the Laodicean church was warned that they had left their first love, they had left that where they started from, that Jesus calls us to abide, stay there close to him. Stay there in that relationship with him. We are to abide in Christ, to stay in Christ. <clears throat> we are in him that is true, even in his son, Jesus Christ. 1 John five twenty. <clears throat> We're to live there. Therefore, if any man be in Christ or is abiding in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Jude verses 20 and 21 says this. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Abide in the love of God. Guard and keep yourselves as part of that personal effort. Stay within the boundaries uh, where the love of God can reach and bless you. Remain in him. In him there is love and there is security in that love and that in that relationship. You know, Paul's prayer there in Ephesians three, that ye may be able that ye may be able to understand, that ye may be able to grasp how great how vast God's love is, how the breadth and the, uh, the depth and height and breadth and length and breadth, I think is the way it says it. And, and not only that, uh, we, we can't really grasp it unless we're experiencing it. That's what his desire was, that kind of a, of a relationship with him. We know he saved us because he loved us. He loves us. We can know that in a just in a intellectual way, knowing that God loves us and but it can be kind of distance. But when we really experience it, uh, we we know it on a different level. Not in a mushy, sentimental level, but in a deep and secure way. That's a great security to know that this God who sent his only begotten son uh, because he loves us 
This God loves us. And he wants us to love him. And to experience fellowship with him. And all the fullness of God in him. And the promise that we're given in Second Peter, if these things be in you, if there is faith and you're walking in faith and you're abiding in him, uh, you have a relationship with the Lord that is genuine and real then if that is in you, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's, that's you know, it, it's true for the, for the brand new Christian. It's true for the aged saint who has been a Christian for many, many years. But, Anyone who has that relationship can see. Those who don't have that relationship are blind and are far away, even if they know things about God. And they, they have missed the fact that they were purged from their sins. This is the backslider. But give diligence again. This is in verse 10. Said it in verse 5. Giving all diligence. And then here in uh, verse 10. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fail. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly, into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's encouraging to worship with people who know the Lord. It's a blessing to worship with people and fellowship with people who want to know Him better. I'm encouraged to be with that kind of a group here. And I want to be that kind of a encouragement myself. And let's... Let's do uh, put forth the diligence needed and the commitment needed to grow in that relationship and be an encouragement to one another and a light to the lost. Shall we have a closing song?